my first introduction. Well, I did uh, sales trainings for a couple of years, and um, at some time we came on the point that the people that we do a good job, but on some point the people don't do what we teach them because they have kind of fears of getting a no from the persons they are contacting or getting in touch with. And so we came up and were looking around, how can we fix these issues or the blockages? And then we found a hypnotherapist and we did a big, oh, did a few big trainings with him. And I saw how quick there is a change from, well, I'm not good at calls and I don't have the, uh, yeah, how can I say that? I'm, the people had anxiety mm -hmm. to get in touch with unknown people to do cold calls. Uh, and uh, the change was very quick, very fast, with outstanding success. That was my first contact with hypnosis. And at some point I decided, well, it's nice to help them to get more income. But on the other hand, it could also be nice to help people with real problems. And so I decided to uh, leave the sales business and go into the therapy field. Yeah, yeah. So, but basically back to that sales experience, the, the strategies were sound. If people followed through the motions of what the guidance was, they were successful. But the issue that had to be overcome was that mental block, that anxiety to, to actually do the strategies. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So the, the problem was we gave them all the techniques how to be a better salesperson, but when you have a blockage, you will not use it. And I so, think you just described about 99% of the people who attend hypnosis trainings. Well, yes, some of them. So uh, when I'm looking around here in Germany at the colleagues, there are also some yeah, colleagues who also have a little anxiety to use the tools. Mm-hmm. They got in a training, so it's, but hey, they come to a training, they want to learn something new so you can help them during the training to overcome these blockages. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're sometimes just having the right strategies, feeling in a better place, whether it's for the hypnotherapist, uh, a better set of skills, a better thing in the in the tool bag, as it were, to jump into the session or you know, even for the stage hypnotist, here are some better routines that I can I can fold in. So you were there as the as the sales trainer looking to empower a staff, then discovering your own mechanisms to go in and empower clients in a similar way. What what, what were your next steps in terms of moving forward? Well, I so we hired this hypnotist and he worked with regression. So I learned a lot of just watching and looking what he was doing. And after two years of just watching and just a little working with hypnosis from that, what I've seen, I decided to take a hypnosis training and I took this training. It was a just a basic training. And then I was infected by the hypnosis virus <laughs> and, and took further trainings and uh, was just building the business, uh, you know, as I always say, the rest is history. This is five years ago, 
And in December, in December, in the middle of 2013, I decided completely to close the sales business and just go only with hypnotherapy. So, yeah, and I'm just, when something good is looking around, I take this training. Yeah, and my and in the summer of 2013, I took the Omni Hypnosis training. Mm-hmm. And in the in March 2014, I went to Florida to uh, Jerry Kine and took the Omni instructor training. And this is, yeah, and I did my first hypnosis class, my own class, where I was the instructor in May 2014. So, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's a there's a session that I just recently did with Scott Sandlin, and he brought up the theme of soft skills, that the things that we're bringing to the hypnosis profession, the things we're bringing to our sessions, perhaps, that weren't necessarily learned from hypnosis trainings. What would you say from that sales training experience? Uh, first of all, I have to ask, uh, what was it that you were selling in the sales training? Well, I was selling the sales training, and I was yeah. the sales trainer. So before I came into the sales training business, I was an insurance broker. So that was way before. And at some point, there was this big sales training company in Germany. And the CEO of the firm came over and said, well, I think you should not be longer a customer of us. You should stand on the other, on the other side on the table and just do the training. Well, and that was, yeah, it was in 2009. All the years before, I'm not so old. So, uh, yeah, the nine years before, I worked as an insurance broker. And then I did the four years of sales training. And we just, well, we did the sales training and we were selling our trainings to the people. Yeah. So So then what from that experience carried over, would you say? Uh, Very often in a hypnosis training, you'll have people in the room commenting that on certain techniques or certain principles. Wow, I've already been doing this. Uh, what uh, just I now have a name for it. I can do it on purpose. What, what was it from that from that insurance or even from the sales training experience? Do you feel prepared you well for the hypnotherapy side? Oh, I think there was nothing which prepared me for the <laughs> hypnotherapy. And so let me so ask a leading question and get an answer of no. What Fantastic. What <laughs> yeah, because so I think some techniques of the so. We did, that was not a, just a regular or basic sales training. There were a lot of little therapy techniques for sure, short time intervention stuff mm-hmm. in it. So that prepared me. So, and one of the favorite things I did in the sales training was just building trust with unknown people in a very short time. So this helps me with my client or with my students in the class. So, and I never took an, NL, an a NLP training, but when people are good with NLP and they hear how the way I talk, they often say, well, you did a lot of NLP training. Mm-hmm. I never did. So, yeah, I think that helps a little. I, I think so, too. And I, I'd share there's a common through line that so often, in my opinion, so much of our hypnosis profession, and this goes the opposite way too, so much of the people who are purely trained in hypnosis 
often have this perspective that something about NLP is rather magical because they haven't yet studied it themselves. And the opposite is also true. The person who is more purely NLP thinks the hypnosis side is magic because they really haven't studied it. Studied it. And to look at so much of NLP, I mean, the origins of it, were people who were um, be doing behavior modeling. What is it that people mm -hmm. naturally do that makes them effective at what they do and how do we model it and how do we do it again on purpose to give the complete oversimplification of it? So, you know, it's where, again, you did not necessarily have the training, but it's all based in effective communication, which you wouldn't have been successful in insurance or even sales training if you weren't in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally agree. And I think so. My best hypnosis training was just watching this very good therapist working with people. So, because all I learned in the training two years later, I already knew because I saw hundreds of sessions. And, uh, you know, then you just you start and figure out what is he doing and all that, so on. And, after two weeks watching him, I already knew, well, okay, the next step he is doing this and this and this. So you see and learn and just yeah, kind of model it or copy it and do it the same with your own style and voice and all that stuff. So then moving into nowadays, uh, is there a certain niche market? Is there a certain specialty that you found yourself falling into? No. No, no niche. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, well, so... I love to work with people who have, well, I, let me say, kind of hard mental disorders like post-traumatic stress disorder or depression. So many of my clients in the therapy office come with these problems, but they are also, well, I love to work with every disease or with every problem they show up. What I not do is smoking cessation and weight loss. So... Uh, I do all the other stuff. Yeah, any any specific reason why, or does that just not come to you? Well, uh, I don't like working with smokers. It's mm -hmm. just, I don't know why, it's just, I can't even explain it. But uh, in the all of the years I did the hypnosis, I have had 10 smoking cessation sessions, which is not very much. When I look over the years how many clients I saw, and I think two or three weight loss sessions. So there is a, a message out in the universe which says he don't want that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I like all the other stuff, but I don't know why I don't like smoking cessation and weight loss. It's, well, I there's different. Yeah, there's different sides to that. There's sometimes where. You know, the, the let's label it, the cynic would hear that and go, oh, that's because he's not good at that. Though I back it up from the business side that really it's our business, it's our office. We're allowed to pick the things that we like working with. And I yeah. have I have my certain categories that uh, now they change over time, certain categories. I'd share one that I kept running into that I was just dreading. And now I found, OK, I'm actually quite good at that now and I enjoy it. Um, that, you know, the the sort of flaw sometimes of working with the stop smoking or the weight loss client is there's a very measured point of success. They've either stopped smoking or they've lost the weight or they haven't and damn it, it didn't work. Um, yeah. or, or they didn't work to label part of the process. Uh, when with anxiety, you know, with confidence issues, with fears, there's this different measurement that 
they're it, it's opening up a different style of life for them and the opposite of all of this the, these are all things that have very defined outcomes and the category that i was running into was well i just feel stuck and i don't know what i want to do with my life and i'm having to ask the question of well what would you like to do i don't know yet how would you like things to be different i don't want them to be the way they are and I wasn't getting that well-formed outcome. Is that that might be a cultural thing? Is that something you ever run into with clients in Germany? Not yet, but sometimes clients. So I know colleagues who have those type of clients, but it's not that often. So maybe something different over there in the U.S. We don't have that problem here in Germany. So I've never heard that people show up with these problems very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which for those that are curious, the strategy of that just basically became several positive-based regressions, drawing out resources, drawing out confident moments, and then utilizing that in some form. So then uh, you spend most of your time, you mentioned diseases, you mentioned uh, PTSD. Uh, Let's kind of play the game for a moment to say that uh, I'm sure every client session is its own unique approach, though someone's coming into your office what's what's the takeaway what's the kind of feeling that you want them to have going through the experience with you well i want them to when they came or show up or come in someone who's depressed you can see it in his face and i love it and love it to see when they leave the office and they smile over the whole face yeah or when i get a so that they feel something big is or happened during the session they just you know they came in just depressed and my life is boring and i i'm sad and all that stuff and they leave the office and say well hey i have a new life this is what i love to see yeah and to unpack that is there one specific set of skills is there a specific approach that you're using to to get that well, smile and get that foot in the door well yeah this is you i i guess you know what i do i usually start with the simpson protocol session mm-hmm. and then we see what what yeah, well going further and looking is it enough this one session with the simpson protocol or is a second session necessary if yes we go on with kind of a universal therapy which jerry kind developed which is self-forgiveness forgiveness for others and then maybe if necessary just a regular regression but most of the time the thing is fixed after simpson protocol and the universal therapy so the forgiveness of self and others this is my approach, what I do, and, well, the outcomes from the clients are outstanding. Yeah, yeah, and those are outstanding protocols, of course. So then, as you're working with people, and, of course, standing on some, some great instructors over the years, uh, let's play the game, then, of part of the informed child aspect of regression, is if, if I knew then what I know now, uh, to, to start it all over again, uh, what thinking what approaches what lessons have you have you picked up from really being someone who's jumped in and seen a bunch of clients yourself well let me think about it (laughs) what have i picked well yeah because when you saw that much clients and well 
the thing I learned is just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't ask. Don't bring your your your. Uh, now I'm missing the word. Um, your judgment in. So what I always see is that colleagues, hypnotists, go out there and when someone shows up and says, I have this or this problem, and then their judgment is jumping in and say, well, it says, yeah, that must be this or that. Or So I learned just go in, have the, just do it. Mm-hmm. That is what I learned because every client is different. So one of my useful sessions was it was after my training the fourth or fifth session after my my first real training was a lady she showed up because she she had a has a company a big company with employees but she's always broke it's a wonderful firm on everything is working but she's always broke and so we Jumped in, did the regression, and she had the good luck that her father loves she so much because she was his wife or her mother was cheating on the father. And so she was his kind of slave because she was the child of the cheat. And so he abused her several times and when she was at the age of 14 or 15 he sent his friends to abuse her mm-hmm. so and when you have a session like this short after your training and nobody tells you in a hypnosis training well you can just jump into a rape thing or a abuse thing then you learn how to do it and how to fix it problems like this so this is what i also bring with into my trainings to prepare the new hypnotists that they can just jump in issues like this yeah you so never you never know what's in a, in a you never know what's yeah. beneath the surface coming in it's yeah. why you know there's so many of us that in terms of trainings would uh you know if we're going to teach a segment on regression here's the video as opposed to hey who wants to come up because you don't know where you're going to end up in that scenario well yeah so for luck i've never had that into a training because i love to do live sessions and trainings and don't show only videos mm-hmm. So I have to knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> but well. Oh, I do the live happens, for I do the I'm, live for basically everything else. But for this, it's the hey, here's a video clip. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I love to do that also in live, just because you never know what happens, and this is, yeah. I also kind of force my students to train during the class to train the regression, just because. When they did it for one time, and you know, the first time is always the hardest time. Mm-hmm. And then, well, it worked good for the last year, so I hope that it is working good for the for the future. And they are they are leaving the class prepared. So yeah, yeah. So there's a theme that I'd love to chat with you about, which is that uh, the mindset of streamlining the process, that not necessarily to speed it up to get through it faster. But just over time, as we find our own style, there's these moments where I used to do these extra things, and then I found if I pulled them out, I got the same result. Um, Have you found that as a theme at all inside of your own work? 
not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now that we've no, said that, really. you will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will show up in the future. So uh, I don't know. I'm open for everything. Yeah, yeah. Is there a specific uh, client story that perhaps comes to mind in terms of what? Uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the mindset was getting over from the sales side of things into working with clients. A story that comes to mind of, uh, of a client where their change really helped to inspire this transition into the, to, into the hypnosis career. Well, I have uh, several clients who changed their career after a hypnosis session. So um, there was this one couple... First, I worked with the husband, and then his wife showed up in one of these uh, group trainings we did for the salespeople. And after that, she was so so excited about the whole thing that they both decided six months later that they are going to do a hypnosis training. And now they have an well, they have a good running office. So that was just one client. But when I let me think of, I think over the last years, there were up to five clients I had which uh, who changed career after the session. Mm. So, yeah. And the, the interesting thing is that they also had already clients who also changed. So the latest one was a teacher who had a depression. And after his two sessions with one of my former clients, he decided, well, teaching students is nice, but I think I will do something more. And so he decided that he's going to take a hypnosis training <laughs> in July this year. And then he's he, he plans to start a new career. So I think that could happen, uh, could happen very often. Yeah. Yeah, so something about unlocking that that door to the change and inspiring others to to jump aboard. Yeah, I've I've never heard that people started to think of changing a career when they use or see how their car is fixed or something. <laughs> so I I think we just do something which is helping this place make a better place or the world make a better world, however you will call it. Yeah. So as much as we can chat about the hypnosis side of things and what types of clients and what types of techniques, uh, let's spend a few moments on the business side. How do most of your clients end up discovering you? Well, they just use Google. Mm -hmm. so, so, well, that's not the whole truth. So I have many clients who saw videos on YouTube from me and they saw me and say, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about he's just a nice guy so i will get in touch with him and the other thing is in germany we have a, we have a very big website where you can review medical or health care people so and when you write a review or yeah and you just you show up so when you're looking on this thing and you are looking for psychotherapy in Hamburg, then my name is one of the first three names. So, and then, well, who are you going to call? The mm -hmm. one with no reviews at the second or third page or one on the, well, one of the first 
free guys. So it's mostly that yeah, and, and Google. So I don't do advertising. I don't do offline marketing. I'm, I'm a kid of, so I was born in 1981. So internet is my thing. Yeah. We're yeah, about the so same I age. I was born in 82. I, I, yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't believe in advertising in magazines or just giving brochures away. Uh, I believe in Google. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then now, of course, in, we don't just wake up and suddenly find ourselves in that top listing or at the top of the search results. So you mentioned that video has been a big part of what you do. At the first time, yeah, when you just so... I was when I started with the hypnosis. I was in a little town near to Berlin, so that was easy to go there on place one in the Google ranking, because all the other therapists don't know how to use Google. They mm -hmm. just were there. So, but I started and figured out video is a good thing because they can build a little rapport with you. They see how you speak, or they hear and see it. They see you. And that makes it easy to get in touch with them. So over the years, so it changed a little to this uh, to this healthcare website. But all over the years, I would say eighty percent of my clients came because they saw videos on YouTube. And are these videos that you're continuing to make, or are they ones that you made years ago and are still working for you? Well, I made them years ago. And they are still working, but I also, well, the last video I uploaded was last year after HypnoThoughts in Vegas. So, but I have tons of videos, but uh, the problem is I don't have the time to edit them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing is, well, I speak German on uh, the video, so I can find a guy on the Philippines to edit the videos. So this is my problem. <laughs> yeah, just to find someone who's good at that stuff, just to say, okay, you can edit them and just upload and do all what is necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to find here. So right, yeah, I imagine. I never thought of that, because as much as I talk about outsourcing, you know, very clearly I'm reaching out to people who are also speaking English, but they're around the world. Although I'd share, I don't know if this would actually work. Um, what I tend to do with some of my videos, there's a, there's a video clip that's going around uh, this week that's just a little two-minute routine. I did at a stage hypnosis show um, that, uh, you know, what, what I usually do for the video editing is I will do the first edit which basically means I crop the beginning and I crop the end and then I leave it and then someone else, my language is, goes in and makes it pretty. Um, mm -hmm. But still, there's the content in the middle where they're punching it up and adding titles. But uh, yeah, if the, if the language barrier is that challenge, though I am flashing to a story which is going to sound wonderfully impressive, but it really wasn't, um, was I got a custom suit made one time in France. Uh, by mm -hmm. a man who only spoke Spanish, uh, oh. but because I took three years of German and he spoke German, that was the closest we could get to have a conversation. <laughs> and the suit fit, okay. but uh, yeah, yeah, that that tends to be that challenge. Uh, <laughs> so, well, then, uh, what what types of videos over the years are there specifics that keep coming back to you that this is the one that's really working for you? 
Well, the most viewed video and the one which is really working very good is a short three-minute explanation how to do self-hypnosis. Hmm. With a very basic technique, and this video is, has, oh God, I have to lie, I think 350,000 or 450,000 views, and it's online since... December 32nd to 15th, so not that long. And it's the most viewed self-hypnosis video for German-speaking people on YouTube. Nice. So this is what is very, yeah, working very good. And the good thing is it brings clients from all over the German-speaking area. So Germany, all areas from Germany, Switzerland, Austria, I also had clients from France, from Poland, so it's nice. Yeah, I love that. And especially there's uh, a man by the name of David Seitman Garland that he's over here in the U.S. And uh, his his program that he taught years ago uh, was called um, Create uh, Awesome Interviews or something of that nature. Most of the people who do podcasts uh, don't know that they're actually doing David's show. That's kind of his legacy that he did this program called Rise to the Top. And it's perfect timing. Today I'm on his email list and he sends out an email that basically says, don't follow this advice. And there apparently was someone who said, don't ever teach anything in your marketing because otherwise no one will buy from you. And <laughs> I love your laughter on that one because there's an exact opposite example that because you were sharing something of value – whether it's reciprocity, whether it's providing proof, or whether it's just building rapport because you're sharing an experience together. It's not the, call me now, book this session. It's the, here, you can learn something moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Giving the people kind of a daily, yeah, I will not say life hack, how the media says here in Europe. So what, to help them just, yeah, to teach something or show a little just the secrets of hypnosis helps to get in touch with them. Yeah, especially and with something and, that's brand new to them. I mean, many people haven't actually done the hypnosis process before. And even if they have, you use a lot of interactive emotional release strategies. I do the same. And they may have gone a route before that was just basically relaxation and positive suggestion, which does get a good response from many clients at times, but to get that experience of what it's like with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the other thing also good is for the clients. I have a lot of testimonials from clients on the website and also on YouTube. And I had one lady years ago because the testimonial videos say the name of the person and where the person is living. And she called every one of them. Nice. <laughs> and asked, <laughs> well, you, you said this and that in this video. Is it the truth? And, well, she just was calling me then and said, well, I called all your clients on the video. So, well, that was not the plan yet that you just go out and call them. But hey, it worked. So, and this is what also builds kind of a rapport for the people that they see. Okay, there are real people who share their story of the hypnosis session, and it helps also to get kind of trust. Well, I can go to this guy. 
you know, of all things, I've actually had that exact experience where in most cases on a testimonial form or something written, I'll just simply say, hey, is it okay if I just mention your first name and where you're located? So it might say John Arlington, Virginia, though, mm-hmm. when I pull out the video camera, if it's someone who is willing to do a video testimonial, you know, I'll even give them that introduction and then they sit there and go, Hi, my name is Jason Lynette, and they say their entire name, and they say their location. And I have one guy specifically that, for quitting smoking, uh, he reached out to me. He goes, hey, have you heard yet from this person? It's like, well, uh, yeah, I have. Are they a friend of yours? No, they just called me randomly. I just figured I'd check in. <laughs> that okay. they have a name that there's not many of that name in this area, and they looked him up and called, which on one side could be slightly creepy, but on the other side of things, he was friendly guy answered every question and became that stream. So there's something to be said about the the community uh, of people coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I also think it's kind of for many people. So I don't know what it is in the U S but especially over here in Germany or in the, in Europe, it's hypnosis is kind of a new thing. Yeah. It's not that you have the, behavioral therapy or just you know Sigmund Freud talking and speaking and all that stuff so it's kind of new and they want to know well does it work Mm -hmm. is hypnosis real (laughs) and I think never in the last year someone called people who did kind of another therapy approach than hypnosis or asked people, well, did it work? Yeah. How was you? You you noticed everything? Yeah, you didn't sleep? Okay, interesting. So it's because it's kind of something new for other people. So it's okay. Outstanding, outstanding. So then as you've taken the experience working with clients into doing trainings, uh, what uh, what approaches, what sort of mindset is it that you're bringing to the training that you feel really sets it apart for you? Well, the training I do is the the Omni training. So it's most of the mindset from Jerry Kine to bring it in, the regression to cause thing. Yeah, we can fix it and we can fix it very... So I'm a friend of working very efficient Mm-hmm. Yes, that the client don't need that much sessions because I I also had clients who had taken thirty sessions with no outcome. Yeah, and well, I we at Omni we teach just you can fix it in the shortest time the 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 only time which is necessary. So. I don't like to say in one session, but most of the time it is in one session. But the session then is maybe uh, one to two or maybe sometimes three hours. So it's for other people, it's three sessions. But this is what I bring in. Just you can do it that fast and the people have the right to get the outcome very fast. So there are some that uh, and I, I tend to dance between the two schools of thought that um, you know, whatever's appropriate for the client is the absolute best way to go. And for this one, they come in and I'm going to be absolutely let's regress to cause, let's get in there, clean things up. And for others, I may find the entirely opposite approach of this is not the right strategy with this person. Let me use something else. Uh, how would you respond there? Because there's a very 
polarized conversation that some would say that, oh, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't even have to ask the question. For the critics of regression, what's what's your opinion on that? So I would say the guys who are the critics of mm-hmm. the regression, in my opinion, and that is very polarizing, they don't have a clue how to do it in the right way. Because so it's a discussion we always have that here in Germany. It's well, when you do regression, you can re-traumatize the people. Well, if you do it in the correct way, right? Yeah, you will not. Yeah, but if you're trained bad, yeah, then it could happen. But if you know what to do and how to do, that is not an not an issue or not the topic to re-traumatize the people. So and. What I do is when someone, because I don't like, I'm not the storyteller, not in this session. So it's just, I do regression therapy. Yeah, as I told at the beginning, the universal therapy from Omni and Simpson Protocol. And if someone shows up with a kind of a fear or anxiety or a sexual disorder, I usually go with regression and if it is a bigger issue like depression or PTSD or something in this direction, I start with Simpson protocol because it's easy, it's yeah, kind of smooth. Yeah, they don't have to talk about the problem. We can just jump in and fix it. So and then see what's what to do next if there is something more to do, but uh, Someone who's showing up in my office will not get the, uh, yeah, kind of, I don't go there and just tell a nice story with the hope that <laughs> something changes. I know that is very hard and not everyone will agree with that, but this is my kind of view because I learned hypnosis like, see, this is regression therapy and regression therapy is hypnosis. Yeah, and that's it. So I think it depends on how you first step in what you like more. And the other thing is good training. Well, again, from uh, as someone who would back up all different schools of thought and all different approaches, I think in most cases it's exactly what you said, that they don't really understand the techniques, not from a place of you know, criticism. The, the phrase of ignorant is not necessarily a negative term. Uh, the real issue is that we're saying regression, but we're really referring to like a dozen or so strategies strung together um, mm-hmm. in that regression experience. And yes, there are some research things where it's the, you know, the sit back and watch the miracle unfold, find the cause, emerge the client. Hey, here's why you have this issue. When really, I mean, my very oversimplified paraphrase is that the regression is about getting the client to release the emotions, but at the same time, position them in the place where now they're able to give direct suggestion hypnosis to themselves. Yeah. And the thing is, we we also, you, when you do a regression session, you also give some direct suggestions. Yes. That's not, yeah, you do it. You just do it. But before that, you help them, as you said, to release the negative emotions. So... But in my opinion, it's just because so over here in Europe, not over there in the US, I don't know many about the market in the US, but we have trainers here who just tell the people, well, you have to be careful with regression because all that things, 
Well, and when you talk to them, you just find, okay, they never got a very good training about this. So they are just talking what they heard from others. They never did their own experience with that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are you excited about in hypnosis moving forward? <laughs> excited about in hypnosis? Well, it's just... There's so much to be excited about it. So, uh, well, good question. <laughs> Can we move on to the next question? Uh, oh, the next so, one is where can people find you online? So we're stuck on this one. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Let me let me think a minute about it. What what I'm excited about? Well, the thing is, actually, the most thing I'm excited about is is just to to help people to get into the business because mm -hmm. you so actually most of my working time is just giving trainings and uh, i think 20 percent of the time i actually see clients that moved a little during the last one and a half years so and i'm always excited just go and train something new for the people so the next two days i'm teaching simpson protocol over here and it's always amazing to see when the people or the colleagues get in touch the first time with this tool and to see how how amazed they are from just these well kind of on the first look, it's not that easy, but when you know how to handle it, it is easy. And when they see what outcomes they can create with just this tool. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about teaching hypnosis. Outstanding. So where can people find you online? Oh, they can find me. The easiest way is to type in hypnoschool.de. That's the easiest way because everything everything else is just German and I think most of your listeners are sitting in the US. So if they want to look who is that guy, they can find me online on Hypno School, like the Hypno from English and School, which is also an English word, dot de. And this is the website where the hypnosis training is offered. Yeah, I also have a therapy website. You mentioned this website in one of your further podcasts about foreign language clients. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this the, this is the therapy side. I think I think that most of the people don't get anything there because it's in German. Although the wonders <laughs> of if you're a user of the Google Chrome browser, that one will automatically do a translation by a click of a button. So why don't you share that really? website? Yeah. See, I never did that because. I, I, I'm fluent in English or mostly fluent, so I don't have to translate. You don't have to translate, no. And I can count to, <laughs> I can count from one to eight. I forget nine onward in German. <laughs> okay. So yeah, then the other one is hypnosetermin.com, which is the therapy site. And when they type in my name on YouTube, they will find me on YouTube and there are some videos in English which have German subtitles because I did some interviews with English-speaking hypnotists like Shawn Michael Andrews or Miss Enos Simpson or Jerry Kine. And I don't know who else is online. So maybe we can do one 
in Vegas. Yeah, I'd love to. Love to. And uh, sure, tell you sure. what, we'll, we'll put over in the show notes uh, over at Work Smart Hypnosis with this session uh, links to all these different uh, websites and it links to a couple of the videos, too. Uh, but it's been wonderful having, on, having you on here. It was a pleasure.